Thank you for joining us with another episode of our Yasha Ministries Let's Rap podcast. I am Melda Shanina Walker, and today on Let's Rap, we're going to be concluding with our two-part series entitled, Watch Where You Pitch Your Tent. On the last episode, we were talking about Abraham and his nephew Lot. When we left off on our last episode, Lot had found himself in a position where he had to make some major decisions in his life. Have you ever found yourself like Lot, having to make major decisions in your life, having to choose to go to the right or the left, looking around and not sure which choice to make, but yet you move by sight instead of by faith? Well, this is where Lot found himself. The Bible says that Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld the plains of Jordan, and it was well watered everywhere. It never said once did Lot consult God about his decision that he was making. Many times in life, just like Lot, we make decisions and we make choices without consulting God. In the last episode, I told you that for every choice we make, there are consequences. And we're about to find out in this episode exactly what consequences follow Lot's decision. I am Elda Shanina Walker, and today on Let's Wrap, we will be concluding with our two-part series entitled, Watch Where You Pitch Your Tent. Let's Wrap. So here we are, Genesis the 13th chapter and the 11th verse, and Lot chose him all the plains of Jordan and Lot journeyed east and they separated themselves one from another. And Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord. Not only were they wicked and they were sinners, the Bible said they were exceedingly wicked and sinners. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we have to watch where we pitch our tents. I could only imagine all Lot saw was those beautiful, well-watered plains of the Jordan. And he made a decision by sight and not by faith and definitely not by consulting God on which choice he should make. One thing we can take from Abraham throughout this entire study is Abraham always put God first. He always consulted God. He always pitched his tent towards God and built an altar. He obeyed God without hesitation. Not only that, Abraham was willing to keep peace at all costs. Instead of having strife between he and his brother Lot, he decided to tell Lot to choose which way he would want to go. It would have been so easy for Lot just to pitch a tent towards God, build an altar, and pray to God for what choice to make. But what did he do? Instead, he decided to pitch his tent towards Sodom, where the people were exceedingly wicked. Okay, let's give Lot the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he didn't know that the people that he had just pitched his tent towards were exceedingly wicked. After all, he was raised by his grandfather, Terah. He stayed with his uncle Abraham for many years. Surely he had to know something about God and the ways of the Lord. We saw in Genesis 13 and the fourth verse, when, it, when they came up out of Egypt and Abraham built the altar unto the Lord and called on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, and Lot also. So I find it hard to believe that Lot was just wicked from birth. No, after all, 2 Peter 2, 7 and 8, Peter calls Lot righteous. There is no evidence that he left Abraham to do evil. 
But as I said before, watch where you pitch your tent. Where you pitch your tent has a lot to do with where you end up. In other words, the choices you make and your end result are going to be significant to your life as well as your lifestyle. Now the Bible says in the 14th verse of Genesis, the 13th chapter, and the Lord said unto Abraham, after that lot was separated from him, lift up now thy eyes and look at the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward for all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. What we have to understand is that God told Abraham to get from among his kindred, to get from among his father's house. He told him to go unto a land that I will show thee and that he will make him great. I have no doubt in my mind that it was not by coincidence that God chose this time right here, the time that Lot was separated from Abram to show him all the land that he was going to give unto him. I said that to say that many times God has told you to separate from those particular people. God has told you to separate yourself from that friend, but yet you intend to hang on to them. Why? Because maybe you feel responsible for them like Abraham felt for Lot, but that is not the commandment that Lord, the Lord gave. He gave Abraham the commandment to get from among his kindred and that my friend include the lots of your life. I said that to say that some of those family members that you're continuing to hang around, that's continuing to weigh you down. God is not going to reveal to you the next move or the next place that he's going to take you that blessing that he has for you until you separate yourself. You can't continue to dwell with those same friends and those same family members. If you want to go to where the Lord is taking you, it was necessary for Abraham to separate himself from Lot. Why? Because they had two separate mentalities. The Bible said, how can two walk together except they agree? Abraham continued to pitch his tent towards the Lord and consult the Lord about everything and every decision he made. It is evident that Lot had no intention of seeking the Lord or pitching his tent towards him on his own without the assistance of Abram. I could almost imagine in my mind that Lot must have felt some kind of self-reliance on himself. He must have felt like now that I have plenty, now that I have grown, now that I'm rich, I can sustain by myself. I no longer need Abraham. No longer do I need to worry about pitching a tent towards God or building the altar. I can do this thing by myself. So what do we see Lot doing? We see Lot willing to settle for what he thought was well-watered plain. But what he didn't know was there was wickedness on the other side. I submit to you today that there are people in your life right now that you refuse to let go of, that you refuse to separate from, that are willing to settle for things that God has not promised you. God has promised you to make your name great, to make your seed great, but yet you're willing to settle with those people that you're holding on dear to. God wants you to separate yourself so that you can walk around the breadth and the length of the land that he is about to give you. The 18th verse says, and Abraham removed his tent. We have to be like Abraham. We have to be willing to remove our tent whenever the Lord say move. We have to be willing to be obedient to the voice of the Lord. When the Lord said, get from among your kindred and get from among your father's house, that is exactly what he meant. The Bible says, Abraham moved his tent and came and dwelled in the plains of Miriam, which is in Hebron and built the altar unto the Lord. Throughout my studies, I found out that Abraham moved some 1,900 miles away from Sodom. He moved all the way southward 
away from his nephew Lot, and Lot chose to remain in the eastern northern valley of the plains of the Jordan. Another thing God showed me throughout this passage is that when God gives you a vision where he's going to take you, you can't, although you might want to remain in that same place. You won't be able to. Abraham could not remain there. He had to move to where God wanted him to go. You might want to remain with those old friends, but you're not going to be able to. You might want to remain on that old job, but you can't. You might want to remain in that relationship, but you can't. Why? Because you lifted up your eyes. And God has given you a glimpse of what's to come. The things you have not yet received is about to come to pass. God is speaking to your heart today like he spoke to Abraham. He's about to allow you to walk through the breadth and the length of that thing that he has promised you. You can't allow yourself to get stuck in the place of pitching your tent towards Sodom. You can't allow yourself to get stuck in a situation or a circumstance that God has not ordained for your life. God is telling you like Abraham, remove that tent. This is not the place. Don't even think about getting fixed here. I have too much invested in you for you to even think about trying to get comfortable here. So Abraham moved to Hebron and he built the altar unto the Lord. But we see that Lot chose the worldly advantage. He chose to live near wicked Sodom and things only begin to get worse for Lot. When Lot separated from Abraham, he suffered loss. But God also lets us see the other side of that. When Abraham separated from Lot, he was blessed. I said that to say that some of you are missing out on your blessing because of the people you refuse to separate from. And some of you are suffering losses because people you should be connected to, you're refusing to stay in fellowship with. Just like I said in the first episode, many times we are guilty of making decisions about our lives without consulting God about the things that he has in store for us. Just like Lot. Lot made a decision that seemed very small and innocent, but that decision laid the foundation to change the very course of his life. We have to be careful where we pitch our tent. We have to make sure that we're not making choices or decisions about our lives or the lives of our loved ones without consulting God. Why do I say that? Because when we find ourselves making decisions and choices without consulting God, we find ourselves in a world of trouble, just like Lot. Although Lot was not an evil person, we can clearly see Lot's progression towards ungodliness. If you are listening to me today, I want you to know you better watch where you pitch your tent. How many know the enemy is cunning? Sin doesn't happen overnight. It is a gradual process and we see the progression of Lot's gradual ungodliness. First of all, he chose all the plains of Jordan for himself. The next thing you know, he dwelt in the city of the plain and pitched his tent towards Sodom. We have to be careful when we decide to pitch our tent towards Sodom. Why? Because it's only a matter of time before we end up in Sodom. It started gradually. He pitched his tent. I can only imagine he was hearing the noise and all the party and all the things that were going on down in Sodom. It was a matter of time before he got intrigued and he found himself entering into the city of Sodom. Just like Lot, we have to be careful when it comes to pitching our tent towards Sodom. We have to be careful when it comes to pitching our tent towards what we call those little sins. The Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So we have to be very careful when it comes to things in our lives that we think are innocent or those things that we think will not go any farther. Many of you listening to me right now may think that you'll never end up in Sodom. I'm sure Lot probably thought the same thing until he found himself being carried away. The 14th chapter of Genesis tell us that the king of Shinar and the king of Eleazar, the king of Elam, 
and title king of nations made war with the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adama, the king of Zeboyim, and the king of Bela, which is in Zor. And the Bible says in Genesis, the 14th chapter and the 11th verse, and it talks about the victors. And it says, they took the wealth of Sodom and Gomorrah and the supply of their provisions and departed. And they also took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods away with them. So now everything that Lot owned, everything that he thought he had accumulated up to this point, because of this war, he's been taken captive, but not only him, but he's put his family in danger also. Why? Because he pitched his tent towards Sodom. We have to watch where we pitch our tent. So not only has he been taken captive, also his family has been taken captive. And the Bible says in the 14th verse, and when Abraham heard this, that his nephew had been taken captive. He armed, he led forth 318 of his own trained servants that were born in his own house. And he pursued the enemy as far as Dan. He went in and the Bible says he brought back all the goods and also brought back the kinsman, which was Lot and his possessions and the women also and the people. Abraham went back and recovered all. Now the 17th verse lets us know that the king of Sodom went out to meet Abram after he came back from the slaughter of the kings in Sheva. And it tells us that the king of Sodom said unto Abram, give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. But Abraham said unto the king of Sodom, I have lift up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoelet, that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldest say, I have made Abram rich. This is what I love about Abraham. He refused to give anybody else the credit. He knew within whom he trusts. He knew whom he believed. He knew who, who caused him to win the battle. He had a clear understanding of what it was to always pitch his tent towards God. Not only pitch his tent towards the Lord, but build the altar there and give all praise and glory to everything that occurred in his life to God. I'm telling you today, saints, we have to be like Abraham. Watch where we pitch our tent and make sure that when we pitch a tent, we're pitching it towards God. You would think after all Lot had been through, that would have been enough to keep him out of Sodom. But no, not at all. As I said before, sin is gradual. Lot went from looking towards Sodom to pitching his tent towards Sodom, then to becoming a citizen of the city of Sodom, dwelling in Sodom, only to lose everything get carried away in captivity only to return back to Sodom to sit at the gate of Sodom, revealing to us now he is a civic leader in the city. In other words, he holds weight within the city. He has taken up position within the city. It's where all the leaders of the city come to hold official civic business at the gate of the city. So uh, Lot was so enthralled by the city. He was so engulfed with the city. He was so involved with the pleasures of the city. He loved Sodom so much that he now had taken a position within the city. He now had a voice within the city. He made decisions over the city. Think about it. All of this happened because he looked towards the 
plains of the Jordan. He saw a well-watered land where there was wickedness on the other side. And the Bible says he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He went from pitching his tent to living in Sodom, now taking a position as a leader in a wicked city of Sodom. As I begin to think about the situation and begin to think about the life of Lot in the beginning, I was, I was with Lot. I could say, well, maybe he didn't know that it was so bad in the city, but by this time he done lived there for a while. By this time he'd been carried away and he went back to the city. He was in love with the sin of the city. Sin is alluring. It continued to lure him back in. We have to be careful with things and situation and people and places in our lives that are alluring that continue to try to lure you back in. You know you can't go to that party because if you go to that party, you're going to do things that are going to take you back to your old nature. You know you can't drink because if you drink, it's going to cause you to do things that's going to pull you back to your old nature. Besides that, you are not your own. The Bible tells us that we've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in our body, which belongs to him. Our bodies do not belong to ourselves. Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It belongs to God. You've been bought with a price. You have to glorify God in your body. It is not Burger King. You can't have it your way. You can't do what you want to do and expect to receive the blessing of Abraham. If you don't remember nothing else I said throughout this entire series, you better know that for every choice you make, there are consequences. One thing we have to learn as a people is there are going to always be consequences for the choices that we make. As we come to an end, we're about to see that Lot had to pay a high price for the choices that he made. One thing I love about God, he always provides us with a way of escape. When we look at Genesis, the 14th chapter, and the Bible talks about the king of Shinar and the king of Eleazar and the king of Elam, the title king of the nations, when they came and they took Lot and his family captive and they took them out of Sodom, that was his way of escape. He didn't have to go back into Sodom. He could have said, listen here, brother. Listen here, uncle. I'm going back with you. I made a bad decision. It is sin going to own in that city. Ungodly things, things that are abomination to the Lord. I'm not going back to Sodom. I'm going with you or either I'm going to find somewhere else to dwell, but I will not be dwelling in Sodom. But he didn't do that. Lot made the decision to return back to Sodom. He would rather enjoy the pleasures of sin for that season than to pull up his tent and pitch it towards God. And the Bible said that the sin was so bad in the city of Sodom until the Lord said, because of the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is coming to me. And if not, I will know. The sin of Sodom had gotten so bad in the city that the cry of it, the cry of the land, the cry of the city had gotten so bad that it reached the ears of God. I submit to you today that the cry of this land has gotten so bad that it has reached God's ears. We are living in the last days. God is not going to continue to hear the cry of this land crying out. The Bible talks about the very course of nature. The earth is moaning and groaning for the returning of the soon coming king because of the sin that's upon this earth. God is going to come back. But he's coming back, not as a lamb. He's coming back as a lion. 
the line of Judah, king of king and Lord of lords with all power in his hand. You don't want to be caught with your tent pitched in the wrong direction. I submit to you today, you better pitch your tents towards the Lord, build the altar and call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved. When we look at Genesis, the 18th chapter, we see where it says the men turned their face towards Sodom. And what did Abraham do? Abraham knew how to pitch a tent towards the Lord. He knew how to build an altar. He knew how to call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says that Abraham stood yet before the Lord and he began to plead on behalf of Sodom. He began to say, Lord, if there is 50 righteous people in the city, will you spare it? And he went on down. He began to say, Lord, even if there is 40 people in the city, would you spare it? If there's 20 people in the city, would you spare it? If there's only 10 righteous people, Lord, in the city, pre-adventure, would you spare it for 10 sake, Lord, if there's only 10 people left? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it for 10 people's sake. The Lord said, come, let us reason together. He said, I'm not unreasonable. I'm not a God that just want to destroy my people, but I need my people to get it together. God is not sitting up on the throne, just looking down, waiting to destroy us. God want us to get ourselves in order. He want us to know that he paid the price for us. He died on Calvary that we might be set free. He want us to walk in that freedom of life. He said, if there's only 10 people, Abraham, I will not destroy the city for 10 people's sake. So what happened? We see in the 19th chapter that there were not 10 righteous people that could be found in the city of Sodom. The Bible says that there came two angels to Sodom at evening and Lot sat at the gate of Sodom and Lot seeing them rose up to meet them and bowed himself, his face towards the ground to them. And he said, behold, my lords, turn in, I pray unto your servant house and tarry all night. Wash your feet that you shall rise up early and go your way. They said, nay, but we will abide in the street all night. They were ready for a fight. They were ready for a battle. They knew what they came to do. They came on assignment for the name of the Lord. But what is Lot doing? Lot is being advocate and judge. Lot is being that civic leader. Lot knew what time it was. He knew what was going on in that city. So he didn't want them to abide there in the street. He tried to get, he tried everything he could to get them to come into his house, to dwell in his house. He said, come and wash your feet. He said, come and sleep here at my house for the night. And then arise up early, real early and go your way before anybody see you. So I'm going to get you. I'm going to bring you into my house and then you're going to rise up early and you can leave before anybody even realize you're there. The Bible says he pressed upon them greatly. He continued to plead with them and plead with them. And the Bible says they turned into him and they entered into his house and he made a feast and did bake unleavened bread and they did eat. Surely Lot must have felt like, whew, we escaped. I got them inside of my house. They're sitting down the feast. They're eating. They're chilling. They're taking it easy. And then the Bible says, before they laid down, right before it was time to go to bed, all the men, it said the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, come past the house around. They gathered around the house, not just the old, not just the young, but the Bible says the old and the young men, all the people, from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, where are the men which came into these this night? 
bring them out to us that we may know them. In other words, that we may lay with them. You got to understand Sodom was a city that was full of wickedness. Sodom was a city that was full of sexual immorality. It was uh, full of unnatural lust. The Bible says it was abominable things that were going on within the city of Sodom. It was known to be full of homosexuality and all types of devious behavior that was going on within the city. And these men wanted those two men that came into the city. Here they are standing outside of Lot's door and they're demanding that Lot bring them out that they may know them. So Lot went out of his door unto them and shut the door behind him. Lot began to plead and beg with them. He began to say, I pray you brethren, do not do this wickedness. See Lot, he had become so used to them. He had become so entwined with the sin of that city that he now called them his brother. You're not just going to walk around calling anybody your brother, but you're going to have to know somebody pretty well to begin to classify them as your brother. And here Lot is begging them saying, do not do this thing, brethren. In other words, Lot began to say, do not be so wicked. Don't behave in such a wicked manner. Don't do this thing. Lot knew exactly what the deal was. He knew what was happening. He knew exactly what they wanted those men for. He knew what they wanted to do to them. That's why he was begging them not to do this. He began to say, look now, I have two daughters, two virgins. He was willing to offer them his two virgin daughters. Let me give you my two virgin daughters and you can do whatever you want to do with them. You can do however it pleases you in your eye. I'm going to give you my virgin daughters for you to have sexual relationship with. In other words, just please don't do this to these two men because they're under my roof. I'm the one that's responsible for them. Please don't do this wickedness unto them. But what did the men say? They said to Lot, stand back. They said that this one fellow came to sojourning. Now here you are, you just, uh, uh, you you newly to the city yourself. You just sojourning here and now you need to be the judge. Now you standing as judge and jury. Now you trying to keep us from this thing that we want. Get out of our way. Stand back. At least we do worse to you than we're going to do to them. They told Lot, if you don't get out of our way, we're going to do worse to you than we're going to do to them. And what do the men do? The Bible said they pressed on the man sorely. And even Lot, they pressed so much on Lot that they almost broke the door down. And the Bible says, but the men that were in the house put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house and shut the door behind him. So the angels saved Lot because ain't no telling what they would have did to Lot if he'd have stayed out there. They pulled Lot back in and the angels smote the men that were at the door of the house to blindness, both great and small. He and they wearied themselves to find the door. They were blind, but yet they were down on their hands and knees, still scraping, trying to find the door to get in the house. Genesis 19 and 12. And then the men said unto Lot, Has thou any here besides thy son-in-law, thy sons, thy daughters, and whatsoever thou hast in the city? Bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the city of them is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. And the Bible says that Lot went out to speak to his son-in-laws, which were married to his daughters and said, up, get ye out of this place for the Lord will destroy this city. But he seemed as one that marked unto his son-in-laws. So he held no credibility anymore with his son-in-laws. They didn't have no trust in him. They didn't believe in him. And that's how it is. When we dabble in sin, you destroy your witness for the Lord.
They didn't pay Lot any attention. No doubt to them, he was just another man in the city. Nope, they probably had seen him do all kind of ungodly, unrighteous things, and now his witness was shot. They He held no credibility with them. He come to tell them now what thus says the Lord, that the Lord is going to destroy the city, and they was paying him no attention. As a matter of fact, the Bible said that he seemed as one that marked unto his son-in-law's. And so they were not listening to anything he had to say. We have to be so careful and watch when we pitch our tent. The Bible tells us to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. We are the salt of the earth. And if the salt has lost his savor, it is good for nothing but to be trampled under the foot of men. I submit to you today that Lot had lost his savor. He was no longer any good for anybody but to be trampled under the foot of men. They were not listening to anything he said. The Bible says that the angels rose early in the morning and said unto Lot, Arise and take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. In other words, the Lord is about to destroy everything in this city. And if you don't get out, you're going to be consumed with the iniquity of the city also. The Bible says, even then, Lot lingered. Lot loved that city so much that the men had to lay hold of his hand and even the hand of his wife and, and lead them out of the city. I'm urging you today, watch where you pitch your tent. We see how sin is progressive. We see how he started out just looking toward a thing. And before long, he had pitched his tent toward it. And then he found himself dwelling in it. Be careful. Watch where you pitch your tent. Like I told you before, Lot paid a great price when it came to dealing with the consequences of the choices he had made. Lot lost everything. He left that city escaping only with his life and the clothes on his back. Everything he had worked so hard for, he ended up losing. Lot was only able to save himself and his two daughters with the help of those two angels. What do I mean? I mean, the angels told Lot in the beginning, he said, is there anyone here besides your son-in-laws and thy sons and thy daughters? He told them, whatever you have, bring it out of this city. So that lets us know Lot had uh, the two son-in-laws. He had some sons and he had two more daughters, but he was not able to save his son-in-laws, neither his sons or his two daughters. The Bible said the angels of the Lord had to actually lead him out by his hands, signifying he was carrying nothing when he left, but the clothes on his back. Not only that, the Bible says that he lost his wife along the way. Why? Because she looked back. When the fire of brimstone was raining down on Sodom and Gomorrah, she stopped and looked back. Maybe it was because she loved the city, or maybe it was because she was thinking about her children that she left behind. Whatever the case was, she looked back and turned to a pill of salt. So Lot lost everything that he loved so dearly. The Lord is warning us today, watch where you pitch your tent. Don't you dare stop near Sodom and pitch your tent building an altar unto the things of this world. God want us to keep our eyes on him, to keep our face turned toward him, to seek him for every choice and decision we make in our life. Always remember, there are consequences for the choices that we make. We have to be like Abraham, pitch our tent towards the Lord, build the altar and call on the name of the Lord. Always remember, watch where you pitch your tent. Let's pray. 
Father, we do thank you for this teaching. God, we thank you for this warning that you have sent us through the life of Lot. God, we praise you today. God, we thank you for showing us a comparison between Abraham and Lot and showing us how Abraham continued to pitch his tent towards you, that he always prepared an altar before you and called on your great name. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Help us not to be like Lot. Help us not to be complacent and get caught up in a, a lifestyle of sin and get comfortable where it's so grievous that you would have to destroy the things around us and God that you would give us a chance a way of escape to lead us out of the sin that we have found ourselves in God we ask that you would search our hearts the sin that you find in us God we ask that you would remove all sin out of our lives everything that we have allowed to to set up a stronghold in our life we ask that you break it through the blood of Jesus we come against every generation curse every spirit of immorality God we bind every spirit of lust every Every spirit of fornication. God, we ask that you would just take authority over every addiction. God, every spirit of idolatry. God, anything that's not pleasing in your sight, ask that you will break it off our lives today. We declare and we decree we are the righteous of you. We are set free because you say whom the Son set free is free indeed. God, we walk in freedom through your word. We walk in wholeness. We walk in authority of your word in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you today. We bless you, Father, and we praise you. It is in your Son. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I do hope you guys have enjoyed this two-part series entitled, Watch Where You Pitch Your Tent. As always, we want to thank each and every one of you guys who continue to listen, like, comment, and most of all, share. We want you to share, share, share this podcast. Share with your friends, share with your family, share, share, share. We want to thank each and every one who listened far and near. We want to thank those who are listening in other countries, those countries that may not have the liberties that we have here in the United States. We are praying for you that you will continue to be protected through the spirit and the blood of Jesus. Lord, we just love you today and we pray for each listener. God, continue to touch them in their minds, touch their spirit and their bodies. God, that they will be made whole through your word today. We want you to continue to follow us on Facebook at Yasha Ministry Walker on Facebook. We also want you to go to Let's Wrap Relationship group page on Facebook and join our group page. And the Lord lay on your heart to become a patron of this great ministry. We want you to do so for as little as $5 a month or whatever amount you decide, great or small. It will be greatly appreciated. We want you to know that we here at Yasha Ministry are about kingdom building and are about a good work for the glory of God. We do not take it lightly that you take the time out of your busy lives to follow us on this podcast. As always, I love you, Elder Michael love you, but God will always love you more. Until the next time, have a blessed day.